0: You're listening to Hope for Today Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining in this virtual space. We believe that as you listen, Jesus will minister to you right where you are. So open up your mind and your heart to what the word would say to you today. Thank you for joining us. And remember, Jesus is our hope for today. Good afternoon once again, and happy Mother's Day. Um, as the video was describing, you know, it's a beautiful day. Mothers, you got your, your uh, I shouldn't say a wish, your prayers have been answered. It's a lovely, lovely day. And uh, this afternoon, I'd like to uh, speak to you today about a mother's courage. A mother's courage. Today, um, we're going to look to the Word And be encouraged together as we look at how godly mothers act in faith and not fear. Act in faith and not fear. In a few moments, we're going to turn to Scripture. But first, when you consider Mother's Day, what do you look forward to the most? Okay, moms, this is your time to shine. What does the day involve? You know, perhaps you get together and you have what would be a late lunch or or a dinner celebration, maybe cards or exchange, whatever it may be. You know, receiving a card from a loved one or those who care for you deeply, I'm sure, moves the heart. And so today, we want to wish a happy Mother's Day to every mom who's in the place today, who's watching online. Thank you for your care for your kindness. And I have to say, if on this day, if you've lost a child, perhaps you've lost a mother, or maybe even yearning to be a mother, you don't go unrecognized today that we're thinking of you. And even in this place, we believe in the power of the word just as God spoke over people of human history and God was able to open the womb and, and to allow that seed to develop that there is still uh, his working power that can work within you. And so as we celebrate you today, trust that God is working in you as you continue to nurture and raise children with care. You know, moms are amazing. We don't really have to dress it up more than that because you truly are. Moms in this place, you know how to pull out all the stops to give your kids the very best. You do everything that you possibly can. Sometimes, you know, you're running ragged. You know, maybe you go through the driving test. You've experienced lack of sleep, you know, for all the cold cups of coffee. In order to ensure your kids have all that they need. Thank you. The God, our Father in heaven, now he looks down upon you. The word says he dances over all of us. And I believe especially for mothers, because it's very clear that without you... We don't exist. Sure, Eve came from Adam, right? Adam means human, Eve, Eve means life. Together we have human life. But since Adam and Eve, that mankind has come from woman ever since. It says in 1 Corinthians eleven twelve: For just as woman came from man, so man comes through woman, and all things come from God. All things come from God because of you we are better for it. So the big idea for this afternoon as we look to the word is this godly mothers act in faith and not fear. The Bible says very clearly in Romans 13:7 to give honor where honor is So I emphasize that because sometimes on Mother's Day, people can say, you know, one day out of the year, it's the most unbiblical message because we're focusing on people and not Jesus. Well, that's not the case because the Bible says to give honor. Jesus himself said, give honor where honor is due. He told the people in attendance, um, you know, to respect those who owe you respect and to honor those who you owe honor. And so it's biblical on this day that we honor you. You bear an important role. And a little bit of play on words. You've not only bore children, which thank God, I am so thankful that I'm a man and not a woman, that you have borne that great responsibility. But then after bearing the child, now you're nurturing and caring for the child. You're, you have tears of joy and many other kinds of tears as you raise your child or children. But no matter what, God sees when you live that responsibility with courage. Ever so caring with that steady hand, and when I think about that caring, nurturing spirit, that attitude, I have to think about my own mom for a moment. Now she's in the back, and so mom, you're gonna be watching this later, but it's an opportunity in this place to say thank you. You know, my mom, she's one of those people that are truly, I really believe, a non-compromising type of woman. From a young age, she would model for John and I what it is to serve and love the Lord. Not compromising. And that's a massive take. When I was writing down all the things about my own mom to to say thanks and show gratitude to her, it was that. Thank you, mom, for not compromising. Blazing a trail of faith. And, you know, it was my own mom at the age of five who led me to faith in the Lord. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And, and for that, I'm internally grateful. And so like you, today, we gather in this place and we think of our, our mothers that are here and those who have maybe departed. But it's good that we think about all the things that they've done for us. And as we share these stories of their courageous and selfish acts... Because one thing that dawned on me in preparing for this afternoon, I kind of hummed and hawed whether to say it or not, but in today's day and age, because of the way of the world and the times in which we live in these last days, embracing motherhood in all of its color in the midst of the political posturing and ethics of our time, if you will, can definitely be marked as a, a mark of courage and selflessness especially because of proclamations where people are vilifying women and those desiring to even bear children, to even be called woman. And so I like to take this moment at the same time to acknowledge those who have perhaps even placed a child for adoption. Thank you for your selflessness and your courageous act. If you're watching even virtually, you know, providing a home for a child and going through the process of, of bearing that child, no matter of the circumstance, God sees, and you're going to be blessed because of it. And so speaking of courage and a selfish act, one such example we're going to see as we look to the Word of God this afternoon is Moses' mother, Jochebed. Jochebed. And I invite you to turn to Exodus chapter 2. Um, Starting in verse 1. Now a man from the family of Levi married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with asphalt and pitch. She placed the child in it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. Then his sister stood at the distance in order to see what would happen to him. Pharaoh's daughter went down to bathe at the Nile while her servant girls walked along the riverbank and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl and took it. Opened it and saw him, the child, and there he was, a little boy, crying. She felt sorry for him and said, this is one of the Hebrew boys. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, should I go and call a Hebrew woman who's nursing? To nurse the boy for you? Go, Pharaoh's daughter told her. So the girl went and called the boy's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse him for me, and I will pay your wages. So the woman took the boy and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses. Because she said, I drew him out of the water. Drew him out of the water. You know, here we see in this story, Jochebed acted with urgency of faith and of sound mind. Maybe sometimes when you read this story, you might think that Jochebed was just reacting. She was hysterical and emotional. The Pharaoh has decreed in order that all Hebrew boys were to be killed. But she was level-headed and clear. It said after three months that she took him, protected him, and amongst the reeds, washed as he was guided towards Pharaoh's daughter. She acted with this urgency, this sound mind, which I believe speaks not just to mothers today, but to all of us. Don't be afraid to act for the sake of your family. Don't be afraid to act for the sake of Your family. There's something to be said for being of sound mind when Jochebed and her daughter were being deliberate in their care for their son and for a brother. Now, in verse 7, we can see here that there were legal procedures at this time when an abandoned child has been found. A wet nurse, as we see, would serve as the paid legal guardian, like we read in Scripture, that once the child matured, adoption would then take place. And that was important because upon adoption, Moses would now be under the total care and protective covering of that Egyptian household, meaning he would now be safe from harm of the king's order and decree to kill all the Hebrew boys. Jochebed found a way around the king's proclamation that was law. And what could we do with this today? Today in our own society, the times in which we live, there's times in which our biblical worldview will be challenged by the edicts of our time. How will we act? How will we stand up to powers that are, we believe, being oppressed by the enemy of our souls, Lucifer the devil? But when we trust in God, when we're level-headed, when we call on the Lord, that we will not only be saved, but all that we entrust to his care will be safe. So here in Exodus, this account of Jochebed was all on the heels when Pharaoh in Exodus 122 commanded to his people, you must throw every son born to the Hebrews into the Nile, but let every daughter live. Now, I'm not trying to to preach a a doom and gloom message here on Mother's Day, okay? There's a a definitive purpose of why we're walking through this. It develops faith. It develops courage, even when things just seem insane. Why would such an order be given? Now, the scripture gives us um, many um, clues, if you will, of what's happening here, but for all intents and purposes, this was population control. Population control, we're told in Exodus 1-7, the Israelites were fruitful. They increased rapidly and they multiplied and became extremely numerous so the land was filled with them. Just imagine for a moment, if you're in the shoes of the Egyptians, they are outnumbering you on a vast scale. Just numerous. No matter what you do, they are being fruitful. And this God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he's real Because they are multiplying and being prosperous and fruitful. And so Pharaoh goes on to say to his people, Look, the Israelite people are more numerous and powerful than we are. Come, let's deal shrewdly with them. Otherwise, they will multiply further. And when war breaks out, they will join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. So in modern terms, this was a matter of national security. You flip on the news, there's always breaking news, a matter of national security when you look at the border and different things. This was a border crisis, if you will, a national security. And so Egypt had taken these steps to oppress the Israelites with forced labor. You know, we've all seen the Charles Heston movie, The Ten Commandments, and we're able to visualize in a way what that is looked like in exodus 111 it says so the egyptians assigned taskmasters over the israelites to oppress them with forced labor and they built the pithom and the ramses as supply cities for pharaoh think about it how could a people fight and stand up to the powers if they're exhausted if they're tired they're not going to want to fight sounds very similar today and things we've gone through in the last few years if government can wear you down and tucker you out so to speak will you speak up or maybe you'll just be more uh, trained to go with the flow taskmasters and nonetheless the egyptians we know they worship different gods, and perhaps Egypt feared further prophetic blessing of the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob that was still outstanding. Remember here they're, f- they're fruitful, they're numerous, they're multiplying, but they're still prophetic words that God spoke that had not yet been fulfilled. It says in Genesis 15:5 when God is speaking Abraham, he says, "Look at the sky. Count the stars if you're able to count them." Your offspring will be that numerous. Genesis 22:14 and Abraham named that place the Lord will provide and still so today it was said it will be provided on the Lord's mountain. This is after Abraham was willing to sacrifice his own son and trust in God. That goes on to say, then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, this is the Lord's declaration, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your only son, I will indeed bless you and make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashore. Your offspring will possess the city gates of their enemies. So we've seen this fruitfulness, this prosperity. They're they're numerous as far as the eye can see, and yet they have not yet possessed the city gates themselves of their enemies. So rightfully so, Pharaoh and the Egyptians, they're scared. They are concerned. They've seen this fruit with their own eyes. And the more that they oppressed, the more that they moved against the Israelite camp, the more they flourished. How awesome is that for the people of God? We can translate that today. When we trust in God, no matter what the enemy throws at you, when you trust in him, his word is clear that he's going to prosper you. It may not mean you're going to drive a Lamborghini, or you're going to have the biggest house, have the nicest clothes, but you're going to have all that you need to be sustained in this life. Exodus 112, but the more they oppressed them, the more they multiplied and spread so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. They didn't want to see them occupy their land, their city gates, let alone witness a Jew on their throne. Check out this prophetic declaration that Yahweh spoke over his people in Genesis thirty five eleven. I am God almighty be fruitful and multiply a nation indeed an assembly of nations will come from you and kings will descend from you and so sometimes when people are afraid of what they don't understand they do insane things they they give proclamations to kill even, as we see in this story. Pharaoh wasn't thinking straight. Maybe they justified it whatever subjective way that they possibly could. But this new Pharaoh was either misinformed or, probably even better, not advised of the prosperous relationship the two nations had once enjoyed. Because remember, prior to this, Joseph, who was an Israelite himself, was made governor over Pharaoh's old household and provided in a time of great famine so they were not destroyed. God had provided Joseph to Egypt. Egypt. And this is what Joseph and Israel himself was accounted for in Scripture. It says in Genesis forty-one thirty-five. this is his instructions regarding the famine. Let them gather all the excess food during these good years that are coming. Under Pharaoh's authority, store the grain in the cities so they may preserve it as food. The food will be reserved for the land during the seven years of famine that will take place in the land of Egypt then the country will not be wiped out by the famine. Even the Egyptian people saw the provision of God by an Israelite, by a man named Joseph, so they would not be destroyed themselves. And yet we see all the time, we see in movies, we see on the news, people will always say, well, people forget. When a national tragedy happens, after time, as time passes, we forget. And so it says here in verse 37, the proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And he said to them, can we find anyone like this man who has God's spirit in him? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one as discerning and wise as you are. You will be over my house and all my people will obey your commands. Only I as king will be greater than you. Somehow Pharaoh and the advisors had forgotten this. Most importantly from the very prophetic word of God Himself, who says in Genesis twenty eight fourteen, that all the nations of the world will be blessed through you, Israel. He says in verse 14, your offspring will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out towards the west, the east, the north, and the south, and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. And so in the midst of all this, as a setup to understand what is going on, this lead up to this decree and proclamation of Pharaoh, that in the midst of this chaos, that all the firstborn Hebrew male children were to be put to death and drowned in the Nile, in the midst of that, Jochebed didn't lose her mind she didn't lose control of her senses and she acted with the clear resolution trusting in God for her son as he floated along the water of the river Nile amongst the reeds sometimes moms as much as you love and nurture and care for your children there's a time when they leave the nest and you have to trust them to the Lord And as you do, as you trust him, as we see in this story that God is watching out for them, he's going to protect them, he's going to guide them on the path that he's designed for them. Think about Moses for a moment. The fact of how she acted, she was looking out not only for her son, but one day Moses would be elevated to be educated in the house of Pharaoh to be given the talent of speech, even though he says, I'm not an eloquent speaker, but he would be trained in the rhetoric nonetheless to one day lead the people out of Egypt, out of under the hands of the taskmaster and towards the promised land. But imagine if Jochebed just gave in to the Pharaoh's decree and says, that's the way of the law. What would happen? God knew. God knew Jochebed's heart. He knew that she trusted in him. Godly mothers act with a sound mind in the midst of fear and even insanity. Jochebed didn't give up. She she kept the faith. She acted upon her faith. Wouldn't she do the same? Mom's in this place. Thank you, God. (laughs) I couldn't imagine the courage for her and her daughter to watch as they formed the basket and just set it aside into the River Nile, and just watched it float amongst the riverbank. I have a hard time letting my son walk like 10 feet away from me in a crowded space. Yesterday we were at Niagara Falls, walking along the riverbank, and this is what hit me. I'm thinking, my goodness, I know it's different from the River Nile, I know there's gigantic falls, but understand, that this level of trust in the Lord to entrust her son to his care, to courage and selflessness to act. And we all face and will continue to face defining moments like in the fork in the road. We've all been there. We'll all have those things along the path. Even when announcements of the powers to be will come down, on the face of this earth, you know we're living a, a blessed and wonderful time, especially in the nation of Canada. But we've had tastes. We have four tastes of being put under, if you will, respectfully as much as possible, being put under the thumb. But nothing like the as Jesus says that we will see. He says, "In this world, you will have great tribulation, but don't lose heart, for I have overcome the world." Sometimes, as I said earlier, our theocracy, meaning our biblical worldview, will not align with the lay of the land and the laws thereof. What will we do? What will we do? As followers of Jesus, I believe this story even shows us as we flash forward to our own relationship with Christ, both mothers and fathers, we need to be ready to stand up for what is right in the strength of the Lord. We're told that we can do all things because of the strength that he gives us. Acts 14:22 we're told this as the apostle Paul was declaring and teaching the people. He says, "Strengthening the disciples by encouraging them to continue in the faith and by telling them it is necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God." So whether it was Jochebed or any of you mothers here today, what you go through, God sees. What you do for his namesake is not in vain. It's never in vain. In conjunction with Jochebed's courageous and selfless acts with the grace of God, the basket was not only discovered, but the child was preserved and became a very important member of the household to one day lead, as we said, the people out of Egypt. So certainly, couldn't God work all things together for your own good? All things together, the word says in Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. According to his purposes. And you know what it takes? To step out in faith and take action. And that's why the way we began this message, the way we end, I affirm as a church, we affirm you, mothers, and honor you of how you have stood up and you've taken action on behalf of your children. And you may look and say, you look, maybe in the past days of your life and history, you'd say, you know, I wish I did more, I wish I did better. Well, today's a new day. Today's a fresh start, if you will. You can trust and walk in the Lord and be one who's not just talking about how you want your family to live and, and, and that and such, but to live with action and modeling that faith, encourage for your family to be like the other heroes of the faith. And so as we come to a close, what's amazing. When we look at Exodus and the story in the account of Jochebed, that she was included by the author who wrote Hebrews as one of the great heroes of faith. It says in Hebrews 11.23, By faith, Moses, after he was born, was hidden by his parents for three months because they saw the child was beautiful and they didn't fear the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. For he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of all of Egypt since he was looking ahead to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger, for Moses preserved as one who sees him who is invisible. By faith, he instituted the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch the Israelites. By faith, they crossed the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. When the Egyptians attempted to do this, they were drowned. So remember the fitting illustration. At one point, the pharaoh, his order was meant that the Hebrew children would be drowned in the Nile. But God, He turns what the evil intends, or what the, what the evil one intends for our our bad, that He turns around for our good. And like the, the the children who were to be drowned, now the Egyptians who were chasing after them, set on destroying them once for all, would once be drowned by the hand of the Lord. That took great trust, and as the worship team comes, I'm gonna invite you to, to join me. Mothers, if I could say this today, do not again underestimate the strength of your testimony and the grace of your God as you nurture and care for your children and your family. I am tremendously thankful for the example and care of my own mother. I wouldn't trade her for anyone on the face of this earth. As I said, she's been tried, tested, and found sure that no matter the pressures of, of life, and we all go through those pressures, she was resolved in her faith and modeled that for me and for my own brother. And we want to be like mom. In many ways, in our household, We would uh, humorously call our parents Batman and Robin. But in many ways, mom was Batman. (laughs) She had the utility belt. She, when I mentioned the cold cup of coffee, she would always be the last one to to eat a hot meal. We, We wanted for nothing. But the most important thing I can take away is what she treasured in her heart was a relationship with God above all else. I'm so tremendously thankful for that and so mothers, again, don't underestimate the testimony that you have, the impact that you can make here and now as you trust in God. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your living word. Lord Jesus, thank you for the provision that as we trust and we put our faith in you, even like Jochebed, Lord, that you are looking out for us, that you guide us along the path that we are to take. Lord, I thank you for the promise of your word as you speak to parents, to raise your child in the things of the Lord, and that when they are old, they will not depart from you. Thank you, Lord, for that promise of your word. Thank you, Lord, as we look to the prophetic declarations Lord, that your people be numerous and fruitful and multiply. Thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon each person that is here today. Lord, I thank you that when they go through much struggle and even tribulation, Lord, that it's not in vain that they're being preserved for your glory. We also thank you that you're providing for them. Lord, I ask that those prayers that maybe have not yet been answered, as those petitions have gone forward, as mothers have lifted up their children to you, Lord, would you hear their cry? Would you hear their prayer? Lift them up in due time. They would be steadfast and provided for all the days of their life as they trust in you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for this moment in history of which we find ourselves. Lord, we've been placed here in such a time as this. So, Lord, like Esther, I thank you for the mothers here today. Lord, even those desiring to be mothers, that your hand is upon them, strengthening them in that worthy assignment to live after you with courageous and selfless acts to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name. And I invite everyone to say amen. Amen. Worship team.